you're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Arma Energy. Presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best, motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, W Wheels, x Goggles, Bill's Pipes, and Just One Helmets. I am your host, Brad Gephardt, but with me on the line, we've got the big boss with the hot sauce. He came here tonight to get on your case. His name is Brendan Lutz. Brendan, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Styling and profiling here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. It's a beautiful day. I'm way too far north for this sport, but it doesn't matter. We're talking moto and uh, we're talking photography. I'm uh, looking forward to it, man. Nice. Me too. Yeah. Hopefully it's not too cold up there for you guys. It's like 90 here in California right now. Well, you guys have the the luxury of uh, some pretty consistent temperatures. Uh, as I've said many a time on this podcast, Winnipeg, Manitoba experiences over a hundred degree temperature swing. We get a hundred degrees Fahrenheit, and we also get minus forty degrees Fahrenheit. So uh, to you, that means an extra hot day uh, at the track or some cold <laughs> number that you can't quite fathom. Yeah, no, I. It's- Celsius, I don't really understand that. <laughs> well, that that's like uh, like a hundred degrees, a uh, hundred degrees Fahrenheit would be about forty degrees uh, uh, Celsius, and minus forty okay. and minus forty are the same. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, so you you've probably yeah. never experienced uh, something quite like the minus forty, but. Uh, um, Believe it or not, we've got these things called block heaters. Uh, they uh, you plug your your vehicle in, and it actually warms your engine uh, throughout the night, so that when you uh, start it the next morning, it's not seized. That sounds that sounds uh, really inviting. I think I might move up there. Absolutely, yeah. No, uh, we'll, we'll have you up uh, in the <laughs> middle of January, and uh, but we'll, we'll yeah. get you a nice parka first. Yeah, yeah, sounds maybe good. for a snowcross race or something. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to one of those, actually. Right on, man. Well, uh, after after this, we'll uh, we'll we'll chat about that. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your experience in motocross before we even get into photography. How were you introduced to this beautiful sport we love so much? We're passionate about it. We'll do crazy things for it, including hurl our bodies attached to a two hundred pound machine through the air. How did you become you fall in love with a sport like that? Well, I kind of I grew up in motocross and dirt bikes and actually racing off-road my dad introduced it to me and got my first bike when i was like five or six years old and just been been started racing off-road and grew up racing with kurt caselli and and uh guys like that and made it to the the pro class in off-road and and never really made a living off of it or anything like that but i mean ended up going to school and went to photography school and got the job that I was, I was aiming for, you know, working at a, at a motocross magazine and being a photographer and kind of 
turning my passion for motorcycles into my job. Well, that's what we'd all so. like to do. I think it, it's uh, um, ideally uh, for those of us who are the weekend warriors, the ones that are really passionate about this sport anyway, um, you, you might not be fast enough to, uh, to to win local races or be a, be a top pro locally, or maybe you are that fast, but you're certainly not capable of doing it on a, on a level where you're able to make money. You'd like to feel close enough to the sport where you're still in the sport on all the time. You're talking to these athletes, you're, you're working with them, uh, whether you, you'd want to be a dealer rep or uh, like a, a diff, different company rep, something like that, or a photographer, yeah. someone who's right next to the action, literally, and uh, smelling the fumes and uh, still having that part of your life. Um, what is it about the sport that drove you towards wanting to do that? And um, is, was there, is there like there's a certain amount of success that you had on the bike? And uh, do you know any of your, your fellow riders growing up that uh, ended up doing the same? Well, it's, it's kind of a funny story, actually, because <clears throat> when I was in high school, my high school girlfriend, her dad was friends with Ron Lawson at Dirt Bike Magazine, and he'd always go mountain biking with him. And I got a, I was taking high school photography classes my senior year and was kind of getting into taking pictures and all that. And uh, I got a mountain bike for my 18th birthday, and he invited me to go mountain biking with him. And uh, I was racing a lot back then and, and more into racing than shooting photos. But Ron said something when we were at dinner, like, oh, uh, man, I could, I got this test coming up tomorrow or something. And I just opened my, my mouth and was like, oh, if you ever need any, any test riders, you know, I'm available. And he's like, no, I could use photographers. And I'm like, well, I could shoot photos too. So anyway, didn't expect anything to come of it, but he was nice enough to invite me out to a, uh, to a test. I think it was like for the RM125 or something. And I, I tagged along and took some pictures and rode the bike and it ended up leading into uh test riding for dirt bike magazine and, and being a photo model for them. And then I ended up wanting, wanting to be more involved. So I went to college for journalism and photography and ended up getting a job at cycle news. So that's kind of the, the short story of how I got involved into the uh, magazine business. But yeah. All too often so. in this sport, it's all about uh, who you know, and uh, it's 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 uh, it's nice to know that you're the first male model I've ever had uh, on the show. <laughs> well, they never shot my face, so <laughs> it was always just in, it was always just in gear. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, that that puts you one step behind Sean Collier because I think he's been in a couple of ads for the Fast House and or Troyley Designs. Um, when it comes to photography. Uh, <laughs> motocross we're, we're, we're racers who uh, often we, 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 we want to see pictures of ourselves and we, we have an eye for photography I think a lot of motocross racers seem to uh, kind of get it a little bit as far as the angles um, as you were learning you said you were taking photography courses in school but uh, it was was it kind of a, a, a scenario of almost like a, a duck in water uh, where you um, just get into the photography and you just know where the shots are going to be good you know yeah, yeah. work out i mean yeah yes and no but a lot of a lot of with photography even even if it's a subject that you're really familiar with whether it's like motocross or like portraiture or or anything you know it, it takes practice and it takes like 
tuning and honing your craft. And it took me a while before I was really like what I would consider starting to become a, a halfway decent photographer. Um, and I, I actually learned the most about photography when I started at Transworld when like it was about a year into my my career after I was at Cycle World or not Cycle World excuse me Cycle News for a year and then went to Transworld and that's where I really learned a lot about photography from Garth Mylan and and uh, he really taught me a lot about just the I don't know just looking for the right things having clean images and uh, getting good action and and all that stuff so he was he really was one of the main people that taught me a lot of stuff was photography. So, but to answer your question, it, I mean, you, everybody who's good at photography innately has that talent to, to shoot a good photo, but it does take a little bit of practice to be able to actually capture a good motocross image or, or a good portrait or anything like that. 100%. So. Like, um, I always find that, uh, like, when it comes to photography, you either have some skills or none at all. Like, you, like I always, they, yeah. like, um, I, I've always, like, my dad was big into photography. He's, he's, he's taken a lot of uh, photos of me growing up. And he's always been able to get me pretty close to the center, nice and cropped. And, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, get, get everything in the shot or, like, not cut anything off to make it look weird. Whereas, like, most of the time, if I, if I like, not trusting or if I'm just trusting, like, hey, t- can you take a picture of me just as, like, a, a, a random person? Nine times out of ten, I'm, ex- I'm expecting to either, like, cut off my feet or, like, something along <laughs> those lines. Um, like, as far as, uh, isn't, it, isn't it kind of funny how photography tends to work out that way? Oh, it is. Totally. It's kind of... I mean, like you said, it's, you either have it or you don't. You kind of, I don't know, you kind of grow from there. I mean, like anything, it takes it takes hard work and patience. And and a lot of times with photography, too, there's you just got to be there at the right moment, too, especially when you're doing, like, uh, photojournalism or something like that. So it's, uh, it's definitely something that takes years to perfect and... and lots of hard work, but it's, I, I would consider it worth it. <laughs> so, so who are some of the guys that you looked up to? Of course, uh, Garth Milan been doing it for a long period of time. Uh, the names like Simon Cubby come up. Uh, who, what did you like about their work and uh, how did they inspire you to, uh, want to take this to the next level? Well, I always, I always looked up to Simon when I was going to college and I just remember seeing his images and, and they were always like, I don't know, different than other photos. They were more artistic and, and uh, I don't know, just framed up differently. I mean, now that I'm in, more involved in it I'm, and I've been doing it, I, I try to emulate that a little bit. And, uh, and as far as Garth, I mean, man, if you see any of Garth's photos, you know it's a, a Garth photo. It's just, it's always clean and it's, He's always got nice composition. Um, really, he's he's a master at shooting photography, pretty much anything. He takes great portraits, takes great action photos. He's one of the best like freestyle motocross photographers because I've always I've always wanted to I've, I've enjoyed shooting freestyle motocross more than shooting like a national motocross because freestyle 
even if it's off ramps, you can kind of get cre- more creative with it and, and show the whole whole scene instead of just cropped in on the rider, hitting a berm and roosting and stuff like that. But um, to go back to my point, Garth is the best, I would say, at shooting freestyle motocross. And I've always kind of looked up to that about him and tried to emulate that a little bit when I shoot freestyle stuff. Now, I wanted to get a little bit into uh, the progression of becoming a great photographer. Before we do that, we got to hit these. Hey, this is Jared Steinke, and we're going to commercial. We'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You, too, can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice or just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. X-Racing Man. But more than box, what Big Jeff likes is a fat bowl. Amigos with Bran. Fat bowl. Amigos with Bran. Oats for power. Bran's for speed. Who that tastes, what a delicious treat. Cereal Bees, Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand, that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12 the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. The 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com 
for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to dubyausa.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to BillsPipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Lidinovich, Vicky Golden, the JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Cole. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. And we're back, Big MX Radio Podcast Show, none other than Brendan Lutz on the line. Brendan, uh, when it comes to uh, acquiring new skills and that sense of mastery that we need to want to continue to do something, um, what was it as far as uh, your progression that uh, you started to feel like now it's getting to the point where just like uh, uh, Garth Mylan shot is uh, is almost, uh, you could 
like unmistakable. You could pick it out without having a, a, any type of watermark. Uh, when did it start to get that way with, with your work? And uh, have you ever heard that from, a, from a, either a rider or a, a fan of your work that uh, without the watermark, without seeing it, that it's your Instagram uh, like channel, um, that, that it's your work? Yeah, I have. But it's funny because I guess the saying that you're your own worst critic kind of rings true because i mean i look at my photos you know i'm like man what makes that different than everybody else's i don't really like think that i mean there's photos that i get and i'm like oh i love that i'm so i'm stoked on that but then there's times too where i'm just like man i'm i don't know i don't I, i i get that from people like uh uh twitch has told me that before he's like man i love having you come out and shoot some of my stuff and when I'm out free riding in the hills because your work is always like you can tell it's it's good and uh, that always means a lot when especially when a rider tells you that they they appreciate the photos you take of them so it's that's cool um, but as far as the progression of uh, when I started feeling like I kind of made it as a photographer whatever that means is uh I got my first cover shot at Transworld. It was Ricky Carmichael at Glen Helen. And I remember sitting and waiting. I'd like my one goal for that whole race was I still had to cover the race, but I wanted to get the cover shot. And if I had to beat the other photographers, like I, I think Garth, I, maybe Garth was there shooting. I can't remember if he was or not, but ended up getting getting the shot and it took a couple laps of sitting in this one corner in the back of one of the uh, canyons waiting for Ricky to come around and hit just the right line. So I'd get like this little shadow up in the corner and, and him looking aggressive and I ended up getting it. Now I think that was like the biggest turning point for me. I was, I really was really happy about getting that shot. That's got to be a good feeling. Uh, like obviously, like the first time you ever had any of your fe- your pictures featured in a magazine, you flip to that page and it's a wow moment. But uh, that that cover is uh, like most people can recognize a cover that they've seen uh, for for as long as they're they're reading magazines. They'll they'll remember that issue. They'll remember what's inside. Uh, and for a lot of and for some people, that might be the first one that they ever pick up. And it's cool to know that uh, the first image that they that they associate with uh, motocross magazines or, or a very iconic one would be one that uh, you were able to capture. Yeah. You know, I've never thought about it like that because <clears throat> I've had, man, I don't know how many covers I've had in the time I was at trans world. I'm no longer there anymore, but uh, I've never thought of it like that. That's kind of a cool way to think about it because I mean, I do work and, and puts it in would get stuff in the magazine and get covers. And I always kind of just think of it as like, okay, it's in the magazine, like that's it done with it, you know, move on to the next. But I don't know. It's kind of cool to think about that. And when you say that, I think that when I see other magazines and uh, see their covers and I remember what was in that magazine and, and even sometimes what I was doing when I was reading it, like, Oh, I read that when I flew to Hawaii or something. So, um, yeah, it's, that's kind of a cool point I never thought about. 
Absolutely. Like, uh, in, in a lot of ways, your photography, um, is, is helping, uh, the next generation fall, fall in love with this sport. I know myself, like, uh, as a young kid, like you don't have a lot of, uh, cash laying around. And uh, obviously, obviously being from Manitoba, there was only a couple of different magazines that were accessible to me. Uh, I can distinctly remember the first, uh, the first trans world I ever picked up. And it was, um, it was a rookie Carmichael number 11 on the, on the front. I can't remember what month it would have been, but this is probably going back to 2000 because it would have been uh the 2000 and 2001 no 2000 2000 donations and uh so we're probably talking the, yeah. the november issue and i like i i have it imprinted in my mind that the day i bought that magazine and flipping through it i could probably figure, i could probably tell you a couple of the different features that were in it um and whoever took that photo photo um basically set off uh, a little bit of a domino effect that uh would carry me into uh wanting to do uh podcasts and i like going getting back to your your comment of your own your, your own biggest critic i i listen back to these things and cringe even guaranteed i'm going to be <laughs> listening to this tomorrow and i'm going to be like why is he talking about that but it's well, all man, good you know, it's all I great I don't even know if I want to listen to myself talk on the radio. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will, and 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 thousands of other people will will want to do the same, man. Uh, it's all about um, Moto Family that getting that uh, getting that fix, and now that the, the nationals are off, uh, us motocross racers will be clamoring to uh, to get more content and and just and uh, gobble all that up. Uh, it's cool to, to to talk to somebody who's so close to the industry, so uh, um, attached to uh, bring this to. So many people, because what what I talked to, to uh, I, I talked to Simon about at Anaheim too is I've only been to uh, maybe five professional American races. I've been to uh, the 2004 Minneapolis, 2006 Toronto, um, Millville, 2007 uh, Vegas last year, uh, and and two other Supercrosses in Anaheim. Um, that's that's not a lot, and uh, the majority of how I experience this sport, my the way I, I the imagery that I get is is through the cameras of uh, of those who shoot it. So, um, like I said, um, I'm not alone in that. I think there's a lot of Manitobans, there's a lot of Canadians, there's a lot of people all over the world that don't get to ever come to one of these races, and uh, you guys are the ones responsible for capturing it and bringing it to the eyes and the imaginations of moto fans everywhere. Yeah, that's cool, and you, you definitely went to some cool races, though. I'd For sure. Oh. Yeah. 04 Minneapolis, like get this, 04 Minneapolis, Bubba is still on a 125. Oh, yeah. He posts the fastest lap time of the night. He's jumping a quad in one of the rhythm sections that Reed couldn't figure out. Also mm -hmm. happens to be Davey Millsap's first ever professional race i saw him standing at the edge of the tunnel looked like a deer in the headlights <laughs> see that's cool that's a cool story man absolute and i can only imagine through all of the uh the, the photo shoots that you've done over the years you gotta have a few uh absolute gems of stories um care care to regale us with the first time that uh you were able to uh go on like a pretty serious shoot with uh some pro racers that you you looked up to or or uh is has there ever been a wow moment where you're like wow i'm i'm getting paid to capture so and so well i wasn't actually shooting photos but this was like this was a cool moment for me um i was on 
I went a couple times on FMS, did a Baja ride that was like three or four days long, and they did it. I think Little D puts it on still, but I yeah, haven't oh yeah. been able to go. It was like the Baja Bonanza. So anyway, the last year I went, we finished the first day and we got to Mike Sky Ranch and and uh, I've been shooting all day, like on and off throughout the, the trek from the start point to Mike Sky Ranch. So I was kind of like, you know what, I'm going to take a break and go like, I had a KLX that I got from Kawasaki for the trip. And I'm like, you know, what, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go like ride around. And, and uh, I remember it was me, Victor Sheldon, uh, another guy, Donnie Wilson, who's like Jeremy McGrath's best friend and Jeremy McGrath. And we all went off on a trail ride and uh, me and Jeremy got separated from the other two guys. So it was just Jeremy and I, we wow. got somehow into this, this like rocky waterfall canyon and we're like picking our way down it and he'd go down and sit there and watch me go down and vice versa throughout the whole thing. And Jeremy was like my childhood, like hero, you know, like a lot of people. So it was super cool to kind of just have that one-on-one like trail riding moment with Jeremy. I kind of, uh, compared it to playing a game of horse with Michael Jordan or something like that, you know? So, uh, that I'd say that was like my kind of like wow oh my gosh like I remember like dropping off the first the first waterfall and I'm like I hope I don't crash in front of Jeremy you know <laughs> extra but, nervous uh, the it, king's watching yeah yeah that was that was one of the coolest moments that I've experienced where I'm kind of like one of my childhood heroes and I get to kind of be a a friend with him you know what I mean. For sure. And, and who better to do that with, too? Because from all that I've heard, and I've had some interaction with uh, with Jeremy uh, on social media, he's actually a really, like, like, as, like, you can't really get a nicer guy to be the king of Supercross. The guy is, I'm sure, like, there was a ton of, uh, that's great, man, you're doing it, that's sweet, like, good job. Like, oh, he's, totally. like yeah. and super sincere about it. Like, he actually is, like, not to blow him too hard, but good lord, like, the guy uh, just seems to... Um, be the consummate champion. And, uh, that's, that's really totally. cool that you were able to experience that. Yeah, I know he was the whole time. And even after that, we went, we met back up with the other two guys and we had like a hill climbing contest. And of course, Jeremy won. And I think I got like three quarters of the way and just about like yard sailed the bike back down the hill. And he was just, we were all just laughing. Like we're just a bunch of like guys hanging out, you know, it was really cool. That's really cool. Um, as far as uh, your first time heading out to the hills and, and shooting some, some free riding stuff, what is it that you like about that? And uh, do you have a? Is there a story that kind of sticks out, or a group of riders that, uh, like, um, a lot of times with that, if you have a group of riders that start to kind of gel a little bit and they start to really like they're flowing on the bike and you're taking sweet shots, everything seems to uh, have a bit of a harmony going on. Yeah, it's always it's kind of. <clears throat> crazy and hectic shooting with the freestyle guys out in the hills because a lot of times they're I mean the the face of the jump it depends how many guys are out there with you but the face of the jump will get blown out and they can't hit it anymore so and they're all kind of like ADD and will lose lose their attention span on one jump and just like pin it to the other one so I always kind of just try to keep a backpack with my camera in it so I, I can hop on my bike and ride away but uh I don't know I'd say I've had quite a few like cool moments in the hills with 
with all those guys. Um, there was one time I was on a road trip with like filming some metal militia movie or something. And, uh, there's this one huge double. We were out in Utah or no, not Utah, Arizona or something. And, uh, I remember Daniel Sani hit it and we were all thinking like, man, that, that jump's like almost done jumpable. And he ends up just like without even any warning, he just hits it. And then next thing you know, Todd Potter backflips it. So it's like, I, and I had to be on my toes to try to get the shot. And I think I got it, but it was, I wasn't that pumped on it because it was a little soft, but it ended up working out okay for print and you couldn't tell. But anyway, uh, I think the, another cool one was most recently, it was only like a few months ago when Twitch was filming for his, uh, that real moto thing that X Games recently did where they have the, the like five, Moto riders work with a filmer and they make a minute and 30 second long video cut. Yeah. And then they all, he won that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Twitch won like a fan vote or something, but, uh, we went out on at night and he called, yeah, he calls me and he's like, Hey, can you come out and shoot tomorrow night? Um, I got this jump. We're going to light with floodlights and all this. We ended up going out and, and like, it was just so hectic. We, pull off this main highway and like snip a lock on a gate and go park behind a hill. And we're up above the freeway with like floodlights on the side of this, this cliff. And I've got my strobes and everything. And I thought for sure there was going to be cops rolling up on us. And we ended up getting away with the whole thing. Nothing, nobody ever bothered us the whole entire time. We were there for like three or four hours. Wow. That's impressive. Um, to, to not get yeah. shut down like I, I think I know which uh, which segment or uh, what shoot you're, you're talking about and uh, that kind of takes me back to my, my freestyle skiing roots uh, every single time we were gonna try and sesh a rail or, or, or like just try and set something up in the urban uh, setting you get shut down right away or even a lot of times in the <laughs> videos that you see like guys try and set something up on a handrail and here come the the, the cherries to, to shut things down uh, good to hear you're able to get it out there and uh, have you ever had? Have you ever been shut down uh, by uh, some some authorities? No, I haven't. Um, I've luckily. I'm trying to think if there's even been a time where we've been kind of like close to getting caught for something, but I don't think because when you go in the middle of the week out to like Beaumont or somewhere like that, where all the cool free riding jumps are, the the cops really don't come out during the week because no one's really out there. So. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I've never been shut down, thankfully. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Um, who who are some of the, your favorite uh, guys to shoot? Who make it really easy on you? Uh, give me a couple of racers and a couple of free ride guys. I'd say for racing, Ken Roxon is like, he's really fun to shoot because he's, he's got such cool style. He's smooth. He scrubs everything. <laughs> um who else for racing? Uh, Jason Anderson's fun to shoot. Um, and Justin Bogle. All those guys are kind of fun to shoot. And I remember shooting, too, when, when Tommy Hahn was racing a lot. I'd always, even if he was at the back of the pack, I'd always somehow gravitate to getting a shot of him because he, he's got good style, too. Um, as far as freestyle stuff, uh, probably Twitch. And then... Uh, Taka's crazy because he's got his, like, 
crazy backflip combinations where he's not even holding onto the bike. Um, let's see, who else? I mean, I'm friends with a lot of the freestyle guys, so I like shooting them because it's just a fun time. So, I mean, that's, I don't know. I remember actually we did, I shot the Rockstar team out in Ocotillo a couple of years ago. They did their, uh, their signage poster shoes out in Ocotillo and we right. camped out there. And, and uh, Davey Millsaps is insane and in natural train stuff. He like was doing stuff and the freestyle guys were there too. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you just jumped that. So that was a fun time. Now you had mentioned uh, off air that uh, it, this stuff sometimes becomes a bit like it becomes a job, especially if you're around it all the time. Uh, is there still ever any moments where, uh, like, just like the thing with Davey, is where you, you kind of have to take a step back and say, "Wow, these guys are immensely talented." Uh, whether it be like you see a, a, a mini cycle rider jump something that you wouldn't think a little bike can do or even uh, a, like a, a seasoned professional who uh, just uncorks something that uh, just still blows your mind to this day. Oh yeah. There's always times where like, like I said, off air, I mean, anything kind of becomes a job after a while where you yeah. kind of, you, you, it just does. But, uh, Sorry, my, my dog's going crazy. It's okay. We're dog-friendly here at Big MX. <laughs> the mailman must be here. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, I can edit that part out. That, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, there's, there's always times where um, I have to sit back and I'm like, wow, that was man that was crazy and of course you have to put it all in perspective too um, you're shooting dirt bikes and having fun and getting to experience all these cool things that a lot of people don't get to do so i mean i i consider myself very lucky to get to have done a lot of things that i've done and i mean i've been on a tour bus around a rock like tour you know for three or four days shooting photos and doing a feature i've travel all around the world and everything. And it's been a, a very cool ride. hundred uh, percent. And it, it's cool to, to, to see someone really enjoying themselves in their work. And you, it still becomes a job, but uh, I would guarantee that uh, swinging a sledgehammer like I was doing all day turns into a job a little bit quicker than photography. Oh. Um, yeah, I would say so too. And that's why I'm saying like, you got to, I mean, put everything in perspective and just be, thankful for for uh i'm i'm just thankful every day for the opportunity that opportunities that i have to take pictures and make a living off of being creative and doing stuff like that absolutely now uh, one of the things i wanted to talk about uh was uh the fast house you seem to be uh one of the uh, the main photographers capturing that brand that movement um is is that like a specific thing that you like you're contracted by those guys? Or do you, are you close with uh, with Kenny and that whole group? Uh, what is it about uh, you and and capturing that uh, that sort of Indian Dunes uh, type of rider? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I do um, I am their uh, kind of photographer, social media guy, and and all that kind of stuff. 
or fast house. But uh, I think more than that, I've always, I've been doing, Kenny puts on Day in the Dirt every year, and I've been doing that since probably the second year that Day in the Dirt's been going. So the whole fast house brand and vibe and, and feel behind it is kind of me and who I am as a person. I like, I have an old vintage Triumph road bike that I ride around and I, I love doing vintage races and I'm, I've been a huge Steve McQueen fan since I was probably in third grade. And, uh, so, I mean, it's, I, I love the brand and I'm passionate about helping spread the word about fast house and, and, uh, what it is and what it's becoming and where it's going and everything. So it's been a, it's been a lot of fun too, because it's, uh, Fast House, as you probably know, Kenny's a Hollywood stuntman. So I've been exposed to uh, some Hollywood stuff too, like interviewing stunt guys and kind of getting to do other things outside of motocross um, and having fun with it. So yeah, it's been it's been a great experience for me. That's cool, man. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about. Out getting outside of motocross. Uh, I understand uh, you've done some some shooting outside of the sport, as well as uh, also pushing the boundaries of what your what your own comfort level is uh, um, with using different um, dif- different methods of shooting, whether it be um, like uh, video video cameras and stuff like that. Uh, first of all, uh, where what else have you branched out to uh, or from uh, from motocross, whether it be a different sport or uh, other opportunities to shoot? Um, well, recently I've been getting into uh, camera operating for drone, aerial filming, and all that. Um, my brother-in-law, he's been for over 10 years now flying drones and and RC helicopters for major motion pictures and television and commercials and all that kind of stuff. And he also, he's a big helicopter pilot too and flies for movies and everything. So he's been nice enough and gracious enough to allow me to kind of come into the circle and do camera operating for him while he's flying the drone. I operate the camera. And uh, over the last, I don't know, like two, three months, we've been on this golf tour with Fox Sports, shooting shooting all the golf tournaments that they're under contract to broadcast on Fox Sports 1. So mm-hmm. we go to the golf golf courses and film uh, all the all the holes, so like the tee to the green, and then they play that on the on the broadcast and to show the the uh, audience what is coming up for the next hole. Um, and then we shoot all the beauties and stuff, and we even have, we even do live broadcasting with the drone too for um, Fox Sports. So it's been it's been a cool, crazy experience because it's really kind of like opened my eyes up into another sport and what goes into uh, golf and how big golf is. Because I mean, you're we all get so involved in motocross that we think that motocross is the end-all be-all sport and we can't believe that people don't know about it but man golf is huge it's crazy we were at the u.s open and i was just like blown away by how many people were there and the size of the broadcast and the production and all this stuff that went into it so it's been uh i'm man i'm having fun with all that it's been a, a learning curve to learn about cinematography and and uh, all that kind of stuff and, and 
filming aerials has been another learning curve too, because there's a whole technique to that. But uh, it's been awesome, man. I'm having a ton of fun doing that, and then getting to still be involved with motocross through photography and bike testing with Cycle World, and it's been uh, been cool the last few months for me. Absolutely. And now I, I've uh, I noticed this last year that uh, Fox Sports One was doing a like a little bit of a trial stuff uh, on press day of doing some uh, um, some drone work. Did you work with those yeah. guys at all on that stuff? No, but uh, my brother-in-law was one of the guys that flew the drones on that day. Okay. And I was going to go and do that, but something came up and I wasn't able to make it. But uh, no, there's a there's a plan in place to hopefully bring drones into the whole Supercross broadcast for hopefully next year. That so would be cool. Yeah, and it's it's funny too because uh, like I go and <laughs> kind of do stuff outside of motocross, but then it comes full circle, and I could potentially next year be going to Supercross races to fly drones. So wow, yeah. So uh, it's an exciting time, man. No doubt, exciting times. Um, to wrap this up, I wanted to get your take on uh, what you would say to an up-and-coming photographer, a youngster that wants to uh, improve his skills and, uh, and, and one day put you out of a job. Um, <laughs> what, what would you tell this person uh, other than uh, maybe scratching up his, uh, his lens before giving the advice? Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Um, oh man, I get that question quite a bit. And when I was at Transworld, I had some, had a couple interns that I took under my wing and, and taught them some stuff. But, uh, I guess my biggest thing is, uh, you can teach yourself photography and it, you can like, if you have a knack for it and a talent for it, like we were talking about, you, of course, you're going to be able to pick it up and progress quicker than people. But I would always kind of recommend like either take some photography classes at your local, I don't know, community college and kind of learn the fundamentals of photography because a lot of the guys like Garth and Simon and even myself, I, I came in during the digital age, but when I was in school, I learned about developing film and all the, the basics of shooting with slide film and all this stuff. And, I think that that stuff is really important and uh, knowing the fundamentals is one of the key things to being able to progress as a photographer. Well, there you go. Hopefully there's a few uh, youngsters listening that uh, you might be uh, bumping elbows with as you all try and get the, uh, the optimum uh, angle at the, at your next supercross. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Just all the youngsters just know, don't, step in front of another photographer that's bad etiquette etiquette there you go bad etiquette <laughs> speaking of etiquette um social media and uh instagram uh spe specifically has allowed people to uh um share photos like never before uh and share a lot of um content that they don't particularly own um when someone would be to uh repost one of your shots um how would you hope that they do it I would just hope that if they repost a shot of mine that they've gotten off Instagram, usually I post it on Instagram because I, I'm, you know, I, if, if it's out there, it's out there. That's fine. But if they, it's just asking for a little photo credit. You know, there's all these 
I mean, I don't want to get too mean or too far into it, but there's all these like dirt bike moto pics and motocross. Wow. The best photos and all this kind of stuff. And it's usually like a 14 year old kid just pulling photos off the web and posting it. And yeah. With a million hashtags and, and spamming yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And all I ask for is just a little, like give the photographers credit where credit's due. I mean, I've gotten into a little like direct message things with a couple guys where it's like they they kind of give me attitude and then I'm like you know what like what if you made uh you worked super hard to make a chair or like craft something and someone took it and then said they built it how would that make you feel because that's kind of basically what they're doing I mean yeah, exactly. taking a picture yeah taking a picture is a lot more than just pushing the button and you get what you were looking at there it takes years to perfect the art and technique and and knowing what you're doing and what to look for and money and equipment and time and the list goes on so i mean i just ask for a little bit of credit just give a little bit of photo credit to the photographers because i mean if you're getting it off of their instagram or something that's all they usually ask for yeah just like give credit where credit's due and uh yeah, like, like just or like, hey, snap! Like, uh, grab this off of so and so's page, or uh, like a, a really cool shot I saw that this this guy took. Um, that that's all that really needs to be uh, to be said, because I, I I notice it very often, especially with uh, like some of your work as well as some of Simon's, is that uh, it it just gets like uh, every uh, every big big account that has couple hundred thousand followers seems to uh just to snatch up those photos and post them with uh with all those hashtags and stuff as well and uh, yeah it's good to, to just have that uh like a lot of times they'll even they'll even cut out the watermark like they'll they'll crop it in a way that you can't get that watermark in there anymore and that's just poor, poor yeah. form. uh I, I think that it's uh like i said if it was uh if it was if it was a brick wall that i did i'd hope that uh, another mason wouldn't walk by it and be like yeah i did that work so <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, I don't want to be too harsh on it, all that stuff, because I mean, I, I, it's going to get out there. Things get put on the web and all that. But there are, it's all, it, it is, there's copyrights and, and intellectual property and all that kind of stuff. So it is important to give the photographers credit for the work that they do that they're proud of. Because I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's their life work is the photography that they produce. So it's not, it's not cool to steal it. Absolutely, and uh, I'm a pretty rough bricklayer, so most most people wouldn't be claiming my walls. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a very good bricklayer either. Yeah, but it's my job. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Brendan. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I scheduled you for uh, for 30 minutes. We turned it to 50, but more often than not, oh, that's yeah. how it works in the sport of motocross. Uh, Hard to have a conversation uh, inside of an hour, but uh, we managed to do so. Uh, I'd love to have you on again sometime to uh, just chat some moto and uh, love to get your perspective, my friend. Uh, thank you for giving uh, us here at Big Airbex Radio some time, and uh, you have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.